Hey babes, how are you doing this morning? I want to share with you an experiment that a Japanese scientist did. His name was Dr. Emoto. And what he did is he took water and he experimented with it. And he wanted to see how the formation of the water, the crystals would form after the experiment. He wanted to experiment with um, words. Then he used the same experiment with music. And then he, he experimented with the environment. And his whole experiment was, can water be affected by our words? So he took water droplets and he just froze it. And after three minutes, he looked at the structure of the water and it was in disarray. It was untidy and disorganized. And then he took droplets of water and prayed over the droplets of water. Then he froze the water for three hours. And this time when he looked at it under the microscope, it was beautifully structured. That is interesting, isn't it? Because for so many of us, we go about our day and we forget to pray. And, and then we wonder why life looks untidy and perhaps disorganized. But it's that prayer, that time with the Lord, where his hand, that structured hand of God is over our lives that we become organized and orderly and structured. Then he took the water and he took music. He took rock music, heavy metal music, and he played it over the water and then he froze it. And then he took other droplets of water and with the one he played classical music and with the other he played happy folk music, dance music, and he froze it. And he had the exact same results. The heavy metal music, um, the, the, the formation of the molecules were in disarray, disorganized and not structured. And then the music with the folk dance was beautifully structured. And, you know, maybe you like heavy metal music, but what the research was showing, the words, and that music has an effect over the environment, over the atmosphere, swearing, words of death, um, words um, of hatred towards God versus a music that invokes happiness and peace and joy. And then what he did is he took water out of a polluted area and he took water out of a natural spring and again, he um, froze and then looked under a microscope and it was the same. The disorganized versus the beautifully structured. And then he took a piece of paper and he wrote on the piece of paper, you make me sick and I want to kill you. And he left that piece of paper by the water. And then on another piece of paper, he wrote the words, love you, you are beautiful. And he left that by a, a different set of water droplets. And the exact same thing, disorganized, um, unstructured water molecules versus beautifully structured water molecules. And um, he came to the conclusion that 72% of our bodies are made up of water. So the question is, how do your own words affect your body? Do you say words like, I'm a failure? I am fat, I'm hopeless, I'm not getting better, I'm rejected, I'm a mess up, I wish I were dead. Imagine how those words affect you versus words like I'm wonderful, I'm beautiful, I am God's child, I am accepted. He also experimented with cooked rice 
he took two cups of cooked rice. In the one, he wrote on the jar, I love you. And on the other one, he wrote on the jar, you fool. And he put that away for a month. And after a month, he noticed that the, the one r jar of rice that said, I love you, was still white. And on the other jar, that rice had become rotten and black. And he said, how can you explain this? When you pray over your food, transformation takes place when we bless the food that is about to go in our bodies. How beautiful is that? That our words have the power, but the Bible tells us the power of life and death lies in our tongue, lies inside of our mouths. We have the power over our marriage. And the question I want to ask you is, what have you been speaking over your marriage? What words have you been speaking over your spouse? When you are with your girlfriends, when you are with your family, what words are you speaking over your husband or about your husband? And really, this is not a moment of condemnation. This is maybe the first time you've ever considered that you should never speak or run him down or speak badly about him in, in company because you are speaking words of death and destruction over your marriage but you are not helping the way those people that are listening think about your spouse. What are the words you're speaking over your children? Whether you're speaking about your children to other people, telling people they're hopeless, they don't listen, their lives are a mess, or, or what are the words you're actually speaking to your children? I have sat with many, many young people who have said the things like, my, my mom tells me I'm demon-possessed all the time. This is a child who's given their life, who's maybe rebellious, who maybe is difficult, um, but they're not demon-possessed. But you see, we say words that can be very destructive. What are the words you're speaking over your work? What are the words you're speaking over your business? What are the words you're speaking over the people you work with or your boss? Are you grateful? that you have a job and you're able to bring an income in? Are you grateful for those people you work around? Are you, what are the words you're speaking about? What are you saying over your body? What are the words you're speaking about your health? Because the blood of redemption, Jesus has redeemed you at the cross. What are the things you're saying about our country, about the people of this country? What are the words you're speaking over your finances? Are you covering your finances with the blood of Jesus, knowing that you walk in victory and in his provision? What are you speaking over your future? Do your words sound like the word of God where he says, I know the plans I have for you. They are good plans to prosper you and not for disaster, but to give you a hope and a future. Do your words sound like that? You don't have to say everything you think. You don't have to say everything you think. The Bible says that out of, your, out of your heart flows the issues of life and very many times it comes straight out of your mouth. But the Bible says we need to take our mind and make it obey Christ. And maybe you're saying, well, I'm pretty good at biting my tongue. You know, God doesn't want you to be biting your tongue. That blood is gushing out of your mouth because you're so good at biting your tongue. God actually wants to renew you, that you don't even have to bite your tongue because you think differently. And so James chapter 3 verse 2 says, We all fail in many areas, but especially with our words. Yet, if we were able to bridle the words we say, 
we are powerful enough to control ourselves in every way. And that means our character is mature and fully developed. You see, the Bible is telling us here about being fully matured, that we don't have to say everything, that we are able to keep peace with our mouths, that when we speak, it's words of restoration and love and kindness. You know, Jesus didn't speak one word without it being of God, without his words bringing glory to God, even at the cross, at that point of suffering, even until death. Jesus did not say one word that didn't fulfill scripture, that didn't fulfill prophecy. He didn't go into a quiet um, sulk or even into so much pain that he could not speak. He was obedient at the cross to speak exactly the words that would bring God glory and would fulfill prophecy. How obedient was he? Even our prayers, we speak to God. There are words that we are saying when we pray. And God is attentive to listen to those words. I remember a testimony I heard of a man in the UK who caught the virus COVID-19 and he was very sick in bed, in a hospital bed, and no one would come and see him, no one was allowed to see him. The nurses would attend very, very seldom, but they would come in and he was very, very sick, battling to breathe. There was a nurse that would walk past and whenever the nurse walked past, he would greet him. And the one day the nurse stopped at his door and he asked him how he was doing. And he said to the nurse, he was fine. He asked the nurse, where are you from? And the nurse said to him, I've been a missionary in Africa. And he began to talk to him about the many people that he ministered to. And then he asked him, would you like to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And the sick man in the hospital bed said yes. And he prayed the sinner's prayer with this, with this nurse from the doorway. No, there was no space. But there was lots of space between them. And yet the, the Spirit of God ministered to him. And when the nurse was finished praying, he felt an incredible peace in his heart. He said the nurse went away and he lay there and he just understood the incredible love of God that he would use a nurse to minister to him. He said he suddenly felt hungry and if you know anything, often when we're very sick, when the hunger starts to come back, we know we're getting better. He felt hungry and he said to God, you know, I really would just enjoy a, a Coke and a, um, a shrimp, a packet of shrimp chips. It was a specific packet of crisps and he didn't think anything more of that and he went to sleep. And the next morning, the nurse walked past with a brown packet and he dropped it by the door and he said to him, good morning. I just thought that you would like something to eat. And the nurse left. And he got up and he picked up the brown paper bag. And in it he found a tin of Coke, a banana, and a packet of shrimp chips. Exactly what he wanted. And just again, it affirmed to him this incredible love of God. You know, God listens to our desires and our prayers and our words. How loving is he that he answers that? And I have a dear friend who was actually, the story um, came back to my memory. As she was telling me, we've been in isolation, and she was telling me it's been a couple of weeks, and she just felt like a chocolate, and she thought to herself, hmm, it would just be nice to have a chocolate. And it wasn't long after that, um, a neighbor knocked on her door and said there's something at the door, and there was a chocolate. How wonderful is the Father's heart that he hears our words, and, and wants to fulfill our desires. 
That's what God will do for you. But imagine if our desires were the same as God's desires. Our words were the same as God's words. How God hears our desires. I want you to think of if you are filled with wounds and rejection and pain, you won't be able to speak the words of God because what's inside of your heart comes out. I'm just reminded of that time that Jesus was sitting with his disciples and he took the bread and he broke it. And he said to them, this is my body. He didn't say, this is like my body. He didn't say to them, this represents my body. He said, this is my body. Take and eat and do this as often as you can in remembrance of me. And then he took the cup and he said to them, this is my blood shed for you. Again, he didn't say it's like my blood or represents. He said, this is my blood. What was Jesus saying? That when we take it, a proper exchange of what happened at the cross comes into us. All the pain and the suffering Jesus took for us at the cross and he exchanged it so that we would be made righteous, that we would live in victory. And so really, that is the exchange that takes place at the cross. It is something that we cannot see. Just like the, the effect of our words over someone, we cannot see, but the damage is done. Let us have the effect of words over people that when they walk away from us, they are inspired, they are drawn closer to God, they feel like they have victory. They feel the way God feels about them. When people are with us, we need to ensure that we are Jesus on this earth, which means that when they walk away from us, they feel like they've walked away from Jesus. So can I encourage you today? All of us have made so many mistakes in this area, right? But we are going to get better with our words. We are going to use our words to glorify God. We are going to be measured and structured because Jesus has enabled us to do that through the cross and blood of Jesus. Come, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning and we thank you and praise you for your word that encourages us, that, in, that changes our lives, that we can come to you in repentance with our words. We can say we're sorry and you receive us, Father God. You do not remember our sin. You separate it as far away from us. Help us to be like that with people, that our words encourage them, inspire them, love them, fill them with a, a place of acceptance and not rejection. I pray, Father God, that we would look at our words, Father, that we would want our words to be exactly like your words, as Jesus was measured and as Jesus was disciplined to speak only your words to glorify you. Let our words be like that, Father. When people come away from us, let them experience you. Let them feel like they were with Jesus. Help our words to edify people, Father God. Help our words to grow people. Help our words to never put people down. And help us, Father, to never think we are better than people. Father, help us. We thank you and praise you for our marriages. Father, bless them further. We thank you and praise you for our children. You have blessed us with them. Father, help us to nurture them. Help, thank you, Father, for our jobs, our businesses, and help us to be the best we can be there. Thank you for our finances. Thank you that your hand of provision is over us. Thank you for our beautiful country, our beautiful nation. Thank you that we stand united. Thank you, Father, for this world, that you have the whole world in your hands. 
And we just honor you and we praise you this morning as we are mindful of our words that when people put our words under your microscope, they would be beautifully structured words that bring life. We ask you this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Give him praise.